If you have your Bible with you this morning, open up to Luke 22. And I pray that this is going to be the most marked up page in your Bible. It's marked up. It's highlighted <laughs> and underlined in two different colors. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Praise your name, Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus this morning in faith, believing. And um, I was praying this morning over the communion message. And what I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart was the life of Jesus on this earth, right? When he went into ministry, do you know how many years he actually was in ministry? He was... All right, we'll ask Pastor Chris. Three years out of his whole life. And how old was he when he died? He was 33. So think of it. Jesus came to rescue us, to save the world. And he spent three years with his disciples teaching them and, and preaching and getting them ready because he knew he was going to be crucified he was going to give his life, and then he would rise again, and he would return to his father. So he had three years, and can you imagine? He was, going, he was bringing the power of God for three years through ministry, and knowing it would change the world, it would change the universe for all times he didn't just die on the cross for us and the world he died for the whole universe because god is the creator of the universe and then right before he was crucified he took everything that he taught in those three years everything that was written in this word Everything that was written by the prophets. Everything. And he gathered it up the night before he was going to be crucified. And this is what I felt this morning. He took everything. His power, his glory, his presence, his anointing, his purpose, his mission. And he gathered it up and he said, I'm going to have to leave, but this I want you to do in remembrance of me. And the final thing he taught his disciples that he's teaching us today because he's coming back. And that's why so many people around the world who are in ministry, who love the Lord, he's speaking to them about the Holy Communion and the partaking of his body and his blood. Not a religious tradition. Not a, and it doesn't matter, I, whether it's Baptist or Catholic or any religion, this is not about religion. This partaking of the body and blood is provision. It's not religion, it's provision. 
because supernaturally as we partake of the body and blood of Jesus, and we have juice and a cracker today, but I don't care where you are or what you're doing. It could be anything that you take and you dedicate this morning. It could be a cracker and a glass of apple juice. It could be, it doesn't matter because it's a supernatural transformation. As we obey and we partake what Jesus is and does and was and is to come, everything about Jesus, do this in remembrance of me and you will be anointed for supernatural purposes. He said greater things would be done in the latter reign than in the first reign. That means his first coming, he did miracles, right? And in his last coming, it's going to be greater. And we need to partake of his body and blood. And you know what? So many times my whole life, I don't know, sometimes communion would bother me. Like I, Sometimes I would cry because I felt sorry for my sin and I wanted to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. But... I never really comprehended the power that he's provided in that supernatural act. And you know what? There, here's one reason, too. No preacher can preach communion. No, no person can replicate the act of partaking of the body and blood of Jesus. It is between you and Jesus. It is between your decision to obey him and the supernatural power of God to come into your life. And I would say this, test it, try it, test it at home, test it at work, test it wherever you are and say, Lord, I partake of your body. I partake of your blood. Fill me today with your Holy Spirit and watch Miracles are going to happen, everybody. Do you know that? For how many people say, oh, it hasn't happened yet, it hasn't happened yet. You know, they've been saying that for years, oh, it hasn't happened yet. But guess what? It's going to happen. And it's going to happen now. And I can almost guarantee our message will be about that today. <laughs> that what is happening and what God is doing. Because you know why? That's a call on our life. To get people ready. And one of the things of being ready for the return of Jesus. And that's what we got to remember. This is about Jesus coming back for his bride. His church. Not only will partaking of the body and blood equip you to go out and witness to your friends. To be a witness in your school. To be a witness in your hospital. To be a witness in your jobs with your friends, with your family. It's time, guys. It's time to be warriors. It's time to get on that war horse. It's time to get on that war horse and be the warrior that you've been called to do. But I can tell you right now, you can't do it without the body and blood of Jesus in you by faith that will produce the miracle.
And I don't care if you're four or five or six or 90 to 100. We have been given a beautiful, beautiful provision as by faith we come together we, we read his word. We read his words written in red, Luke 22. And we partake together. So let's go to Luke 22. This was Jesus' summary of, his, of everything he had done, where he gave the anointing of the communion to his disciples and to us today. So we read in Luke 22, verse 14, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment. It's going to find fulfillment as he was crucified on the cross. And that's the power that comes in us, the power of the cross. Until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So let's get... After taking the cup, he gave thanks. And he said, this, take this, divide it among you. Can you imagine the, the, the miracle of that? Take this and divide it among you. It was his, it would be transformed to the blood of Jesus as it is this morning as we partake. For I tell you, I will not drink a Again, of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread. Let us take the bread. Okay. He took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it. He broke it in significance of his body being broken for us. His body being broken for our healing. For our restoration. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And let's partake of the body of Christ together. Father, we thank you for the body that you allowed to be beaten, broken, tortured, whipped, whipped with a cat of nine tails. Lord, you allowed to be broken for us.
to be healed. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. And we thank you that you gave us your word to say, remember this. Remember what I did for you. And as you partake, the power of God and, and the presence of God will come in you to remind you of who I am and what I've done in your life. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, let's take our cup and hold it up to the Lord in dedication to him and in worship to him. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. It's poured out for you each one of you, each one of you. Let's partake together. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Just lift your hands up and say, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you. Hallelujah. We give you glory this morning in this place. Hallelujah for the blood. Hallelujah for the body. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you together this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Amen. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. <laughs> it is good. So without that, without any further ado, can grace come on down? We're going to take up an offering, amen? <laughs> so, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for the tithes and offerings that you're bringing into this house. We thank you and praise you, Lord God, for what you're doing and what you're going to do in our finances, Lord God. And we're believing for miracles, great, mighty things in Jesus' name. We're praying for an increase of faith in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Go ahead, Grace. Shout Jesus in the morning, and Jesus in the noontime, and Jesus in the evening, and Jesus in the streets. Amen. All right. Well, I want to say welcome back. <laughs> it's been a while since we've gathered here in this house. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through this thing for those that are hearing online, because we all know what's been going on, but we know that COVID has ran through this whole hill, that my wife and I, Julie and I, we've been staying down with Julie's mom and her husband, Ed, and Julie herself was with her mother in the hospital for several days. Seven days, several days, seven days, she said, and nights, except for one. Her sister came 
and gave her a respite for one. Praise God for that. Thank you, Sherry, if you hear this. <laughs> but her mother came home about two weeks ago under the care of hospice. So Julie and I have been down there helping her out. We've been living in their home with them, helping her and her husband, Ed, who he and himself has had a long, hard winter, fall and winter. He had, you know, he got, just got through with cancer last year, colon cancer, battled with that. Then he got a tractor accident in the fall, and then he got COVID. So it's just been a shipwreck. But thank God, God's in charge and we're not. But I wanted to thank all of you for all your prayers. Julie has, and myself, we have a lot of support. Julie has six sisters. They've all visited mom. And now we have Mark and Terry that are here from Florida. Praise the Lord. They're going to be with us for about a week before they have to go back. So we're grateful for all the help and the support from all of you out there. And all the prayers. And we pray, praise you for that and thank you for that. And God sees those prayers and hears those prayers. And I pray that you would continue praying. And I'm believing that there's going to be a full recovery for mom. That this hospice care, that it would be all turned around and it would just be, it would go. Amen? We pray continuously. In faith. For full recovery, believing. And we pray that today over you girls and over this whole Doty household that this sickness would have to leave. And we believe it in our hearts that it's gone. Amen. And that you're healed, set free, and delivered. And that the, devil, the devil's assault on our family would cease and insist that his assignment would be broken up and it would be cast back to the pit of hell where it came from. In Jesus' name, amen. And I pray that over all those out there that are hearing this. Well, I don't know about you, but the last year and continuing has been a challenge. There are a lot of things going on right now. There is prophecy being fulfilled. There are wars and rumors of wars. We are seeing it every day on television of what is going on in Ukraine and we are praying for the people of the Ukrainians. Amen? Not the Uranians, but the Ukrainians. <laughs> for those of you who have watched the, uh, the address to the State of the Union address. <laughs> so we're praying for the Ukrainians. And all those NATO countries that are sending their support. I wrote down here, you know the saying that goes, when it rains it pours. And it seems like it's been pouring a lot lately. But I can't help but think of what great things God has in store. I think about this, all the things, all the things that are happening. And then you've got to think about all of these things that are happening are a testing of our faith. And you've got to think about what does God have through all of this? 
I'm, remi- I'm reminded of the scriptures in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 12. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Oh, it's hard to do that, isn't it, when you're being in trial and being tested to consider it pure joy. That is not an easy thing. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Not doubt. Amen? Remember the man who came to Jesus? And he was asking for healing for his son, and he said, Lord... Help me believe. Forgive me, forgive me for my doubts. Forgive me for my unbelief. Help me to believe. That's how we got, we got to believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. The brother, in humble circumstances, ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises without scorching heat, rises with scorching heat, and withers the plants, its blossoms fall, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man or woman who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Amen? Amen. I'll give you a little testimony this week. When things were going on and they were rough at the house down at Mom's, our daughter Lizzie sent her mother a text of encouragement saying, Mom, these are the gems. These trials and tests are going to be the gems that you're going to be able to put in your crown when you go to heaven. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Praise the Lord for that encouragement. Praise the Lord. And that's how we have to think. We have to think that way. And I believe as we go through these trials, it's God pruning. He's pruning us. 
And I'm going to tell you, it's not fun. It's not fun being pruned. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. But it shows us the areas in our life that we have to give over to God, doesn't it? It shows us our weakness, our frailness, our humanness, our flesh. It shows us the areas that we have to surrender that we haven't surrendered to God yet. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9, It says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Think about that for a moment. We have an inheritance in heaven that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And God is keeping that for each one of us, for you. He's got an inheritance for you already. Who through faith are shielded by God's power. So we are shielded by God's power through faith until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in these last times. And I want to tell you, that coming salvation could be any day because we are living in these last times. At any moment, and I've said this a thousand times there behind this pulpit, that Jesus could be coming across that hill, riding on his white horse. His angels can shout down with a shout, with a blast of a trumpet. And we could be caught up in the twinkling of an eye. In this, you greatly rejoiced, though now for a little while, you may have to have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So that's what's happening with us. We're being proved or proofed just like gold is being proofed when it's refined by fire. All the impurities are coming out when we go through these trials. Amen? They might not be fun. They might not be pleasant. And they might be very hard and testing. But in the end... We're going to come out better than we were when we started these trials. Amen? They've come so that our faith, our faith, think about that, is greater and has more worth than gold. Your faith 
is worth more than gold. Don't ever let go of your faith. Don't ever let go of the prize or the faith of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for each one of us. Amen? Don't ever let go of it. It's worth more than gold. It can keep you alive. It can sustain your life. It's everlasting. Though you have, verse, verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. It's almost like Peter was talking about the future believers in Christ. You know, Peter saw Christ. He walked with Christ for those three years that he ministered here on the earth in the flesh. He touched him. He ate supper with him. He walked with him. He talked with him. Fellowshiped with him for those three years. And he's saying to us who have not seen him, but we love him. And we believe by faith that we are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy because of what he's done. It says, for you are receiving your goal of your faith. And that goal is the salvation of our souls. The salvation of our souls. And when I read all these scriptures, I can't help but think about the Apostle Paul. And all that he's been through. All the trials. Beaten, shipwrecked, stoned, jailed, whipped. All the trials. You know, he said, I count it all joy. I count it all joy. In 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 through 8, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only me, but all, and I underlined all, but all, that means everybody who keeps the faith, who runs the race, all who have longed for his appearing, who are waiting for God to show up again. And when I go wrote down here and everything that's going on in the world, his appearing is sooner than we think. <clears throat> so we have to look beyond our trials. That's what Paul did. Paul never looked at his trials, did he? 
He spoke of them. But he was always looking beyond those trials. He was always looking at the finish line. You know, when I, when I see everything that's going on with Julie's mom, it reminds me that I need to look at the finish line. We need to be looking at the finish line. We need to continue the race. We got to look beyond our trials, beyond our circumstances. Paul kept his eyes on the Lord, and so we too need to keep our eyes on the Lord. He always looked at the goal, the end. Most of us, and myself included, we get into a habit of looking at our problems, at our trials. And we get overwhelmed. And at times we get a little bit of a victim mentality. Oh, woe is me. Do you ever remember Winnie, Winnie the Pooh? You know, as a kid, I used to watch Winnie the Pooh a lot. And I love Pooh Bear. Because <laughs> he loves honey, and I love honey. But Eeyore, his friend Eeyore, who was the donkey. Oh, woe is me, Eeyore, Eeyore. Oh, woe is me. We can have that same mentality. You see, the devil wants you to have that same mentality. The devil wants you fixated on your problems. So you can't think straight. You can't function straight. You can't make wise decisions. You're exhausted, you're tired, and you think there's no way out. That's exactly where the devil wants you. That's exactly where the devil wants your mindset. Do you know our thoughts can bring sickness or health? Many times. How we perceive things <clears throat> in our mind. If you think, oh, I'm sick, I got this COVID, I got all of this. Oh, I can't do that, I'm sick. Then you won't ever do that. And I know that it's sometimes it's hard. It's not easy. But we got to focus on Christ. The solution to all our problems is Jesus. The solution to all the problems in the world is simple. One, one word, one name, it's Jesus. <clears throat> And the devil doesn't want you to focus on the solution or on Jesus. He wants you to focus on your problem, your circumstances. He wants you to think there's no way out. He wants you to think that you're a victim. Instead of thinking that we're victims, we need to think of us as victors. We're not victims... I'm a victor. You 
you're a victor because Jesus was a victor. Because Jesus overcame, you're an overcomer. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Who's the blood of the Lamb? Jesus. You get that mentality. You think of the, you think of the solutions instead of the problems. And you'll start digging yourself out of a dark place. You start thinking of a vic victor mentality instead of a victim. <clears throat> and you'll finish the race that God has put before you. You start praising God in all things and rejoicing through these trials because you know that when you get out of these trials and these circumstances that your faith is worth more than gold and that you're going to be built up and have greater faith. And that you're going to be able to stand against all things because Christ is the victory. He's given us the victory. He's already won. Praise God in all things, through all things. Give him the glory and you'll receive the crown of life. You look and you keep your eye on the finish line and you keep racing toward that finish line. And you keep running toward that finish line with all you have, all you are. With all your strength, all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And you let nothing come against your thought process and your, and your, and your race with God. Now Ephraim, our grandson, is going to be out there. He's going to be running track again soon. He's focusing on that finish line. When you start a race, you're going to end the race. Amen? And that's how we got to look at our lives. That's how we got to look at our Christianity. I've started, I've started my relationship with Christ. I'm going to finish my relationship with Christ. And I'm going to finish with the crown of righteousness and with gems in my crown. Because I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best to keep Christ focused. Amen? So, count all things, count all our trials as joy. Because they lead us to maturity, perseverance, and finally, for the salvation of our very souls. Amen? Count it all joy. Count all your trials joy. Because it leads to perseverance, maturity, and the salvation of our souls. Amen? So, Father, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for this day. Lord, no matter what we go through in life, Lord God, we're going to count it as joy. We're going to praise you in the morning, in the noontime, and in the evening. When the sun's up and when the sun's down, we're going to have praises on our lips. We're going to give you all the glory. We're going to overcome because you overcome. We are victors because you have already won. Because you're a victor. And we just thank you and we praise you, Lord. And I just pray this over our family. I pray this over all those that hear this word today. I pray that you would speak to them. That you would help them. That you would lift them up and guide them. Strengthen them. And we rebuke 
and we cast out the devil in Jesus' name, and we, we come against any assignment, any curse, hex, or vex that he's placed on any of us, any sickness, Lord God, illness, virus, disease, bacteria, anything that can come against us would be broken right now in Jesus' mighty name, and that we would be set free by the blood of the Lamb, <clears throat> in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So praise God. Welcome back. We will see you next Sunday. Amen. Amen.